Welcome to Socially Distant, Spiritually Close, a podcast dedicated to exploring the biggest spiritual questions of this complex and challenging moment. I'm your host, Rabbi Michael Knopf. Shana Tova, and welcome to Temple Beth El's first ever virtual High Holy Day service. In their classic song, Broke Down Palace, the Grateful Dead sing, Mama, Mama, many worlds have come since I first left home. About six months ago now, we departed home. The relative comfort, familiarity, and stability of the world and lives we knew and journeyed into a new world. In some ways, we have traversed this new landscape together. But in many other ways, each of us navigated this new world alone. Rich and poor, white and black, male and female, infirm and able-bodied, employed and unemployed, old and young, parent and childless. Our experiences in this tumultuous season have varied widely from person to person, depending on our race, our class, gender, age, relationship status, profession, and health history. But regardless of our disparate personal experiences during this pandemic, I think we can all agree that all of us have come many worlds since we first left home. Whether you have wrestled with illness or death, job insecurity or financial instability, overeating or overdrinking, anxiety or depression, whether you've been forced to face long-standing systemic inequities or to consider anew your priorities, time, and relationships, we have all of us through this experience grown beyond what we were in the before times. A story is told about the first humans, Adam and Eve. From the day they were exiled from the Garden of Eden, they lived together east of Eden, tilling the earth, raising children, and struggling to stay alive. After those many years of struggle, when their children were grown, Adam and Eve decided to take a journey before it was too late and see the world God had created. They journeyed from one corner of the world to the other. They stood upon great mountains, trekked across vast deserts, walked amid the mighty forests, and traversed the magnificent seas. They watched the sun rise over the endless wilderness and saw it set into the boundless ocean. In the course of their journeys, wandering from place to place, they came upon a place that seemed so familiar. It was the Garden of Eden, from which they had been exiled on the very first day of their lives. The garden was now guarded by an angel with a flaming sword. When they saw the terrifying angel, Adam and Eve fled. Suddenly, they heard God's gentle voice. My children, you have lived in exile these many, many years. Your punishment is now complete. Come, come now and return to my garden. 
come home to the garden. Suddenly the angel disappeared. The way into the garden opened and God invited them in. But Adam, having spent many years out in the world, had grown shrewd. He hesitated and asked, you know, it's been so many years. Remind me, what's it like in the garden? God responded, my boy, the garden is paradise. In the garden, there is no work. You need never struggle or toil again. In the garden, there is no pain, no suffering. In the garden, there is no death. Come, my children, return to the garden. Adam considered God's words. He thought about a life with no work, no struggle, no pain, and no death. An endless life of ease with no tomorrow and no yesterday. And then he turned and looked at Eve, his wife. He looked into the face of the woman with whom he had struggled to make a life, to take bread from the earth, to raise children, to build a home. He read in the lines of her face all the tragedies they had overcome and the joys they had cherished. He saw in her eyes all the laughter and all the tears they had shared. Eve looked back into Adam's face. She saw in his face all the moments that had formed their lives, moments of joy and moments of pain. She remembered the moments of life-changing crisis and the many moments of simple tenderness and love. She remembered the moments when a new life arrived in their world and the moments when death intruded. As all their shared moments came back to her, she took Adam's hand in hers. Looking into Eve's eyes, Adam shook his head and responded to God's invitation. No, thank you. That's not for us. Not now. We don't need that anymore. He turned to his wife, come Eve, let's go home. And Adam and Eve turned their backs on God's paradise and walked home. What this beautiful story so poignantly reminds us is that even if we could live in paradise, in a perfect world with no sadness or pain, we wouldn't want to. While we need not embrace suffering as a gift, and while we certainly shouldn't tell others to embrace their suffering as a gift, we can all nevertheless acknowledge the paradoxical truth that difficult experiences are where love is forged, where wisdom is discerned, where strength and resilience are found. In so many ways, the High Holy Days invite us to recognize how times of challenge or pain can be a teacher, deepening our wisdom and facilitating our growth. We are called to take off our masks, to lay down our armor, and look at our lives honestly, confronting times we missed the mark or went astray, times we resolved to mend our ways and did not succeed. We are urged to consider who we actually are and who we want to be, to reflect on the ways in which our lives as they are do not align with the way we believe they ought to be, and on the ways we have failed to repair our broken world. It can be uncomfortable, perhaps even painful, 
to gaze into such an unflattering mirror, one that reveals all our flaws and all our faults. But there can be no, mof there can be no motion without friction, no growth without pain. The high holy days ask us to lean into the discomfort so that we can be and do better in the coming year, all the while holding each other and inviting God to hold us. That is true, especially of this extraordinary high holy day season, which may at times feel strange or surreal. Things won't be perfect. Mistakes will be made. Problems will arise, maybe on your end, maybe on our end, maybe both. Participating in High Holy Day worship from your home and through a screen might be difficult for many reasons. And you may feel a lot of different emotions, especially sadness or even grief. Sometimes grief might manifest as frustration or anger. All these feelings might at times be overwhelming. You might be tempted to suppress them, but allowing those emotions to dominate will disable you from experiencing the gifts, pleasures, and wonders that are as present in this high holy day season as they ever were. And ignoring, numbing, or masking those feelings will also suppress our ability to feel the joy, gratitude, and compassion we are as capable of feeling today as we ever were. Instead, I want to encourage us to actually lean into those uncomfortable emotions, recognizing that doing so can be a source of wisdom and growth. Let us all embrace the spirit of forgiveness at the heart of the days of awe, letting go of that which is beyond our control, being gentle with ourselves and each other, resisting the urge to unfairly compare these high holy days with past observances, forgiving one another and ourselves when we fall short of expectations. And remember that while Cantor and I, along with our team of amazing staff and lay leaders, have put together a unique and special high holy day experience, we need your help to make our worship moving and meaningful. We invite you to approach services with positivity and intentionality. Designate a sacred space in your home for worship. Put on nice clothes, even if no one is going to see you. Sing along to the familiar tunes and respond amen at the appropriate times. Be an active participant in services in whatever way feels meaningful to you. Resist the temptation to be a passive observer. All of these are ways to join us in co-creating a beautiful and inspiring High Holy Day season. In the spirit of co-creating our worship experience, we want to make sure that everyone knows we will always have a minion of congregants present via Zoom, and we here in the sanctuary will always be able to see this minion, even if you cannot. This will enable us to have as full and traditional a service as possible. We're grateful for the help of the congregants who agreed to constitute our virtual minion, as well as for the many, many congregants who will be participating in our worship throughout the High Holy Days. We as a congregation are truly blessed.
As we get underway this evening, I want to offer a blessing that I composed in partnership with our new executive director, Tess Goldblatt. Baruch Atah Havaya, blessed are you, infinite one, who endows us with the wisdom and creativity necessary to honor tradition, sanctify your name, and preserve life. Amen. This has been Socially Distant, Spiritually Close with Rabbi Michael Knopf. I hope that this episode has helped you find a little faith and hope, enrichment and uplift during this complex and challenging time. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. Please also rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice so that others will have an easier time finding us and joining in the conversation. Socially Distant, Spiritually Close is recorded during virtual gatherings of my congregation, Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Socially Distant, Spiritually Close is produced by Dr. Gillian Frank. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Our cover art was designed by Judith Russian using a photograph by Miriam Aniel. I have been your host, Rabbi Michael Knopf. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.